Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. No matter what you've been dealing with, it is not impossible to overcome it and to come out victorious over it. Because God is real. And with Him, nothing's too hard. Nothing's impossible to those that believe. So uh, get your Bible. Get something to make a note with. Come into the class. Turn everything else off. Give the Lord and His Word and His Spirit your full attention for these next few minutes. You'll be glad you did. Father, all of us agree together touching this. Asking you for the anointing. Asking you for the utterance and ears to hear it, and for the moving and working of your Spirit in our hearts and our minds, our souls, our, our bodies, our whole being, that your will would be affected and accomplished. Show us how to receive by faith all you have so uh, graciously provided through grace. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Look, please, in Hebrews 3, let's continue in the series we're calling Overcoming Unbelief. In Hebrews 3 and verse 10, he said, Wherefore I was grieved with that generation, and said, They do always err in their heart, and they've not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Referring to that first generation of Israelites that he delivered out of Egyptian bondage. It's recorded in the Old Testament. He said, verse 12, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. That's why he's bringing it up because he said this applies to us. He said, but exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we're made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it said today, if you'll hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. He, he goes on to say, uh, verse 19, so we see they could not enter in because of that unbelief, that evil unbelief. Go back to Exodus 14 again and we're, we're looking at this first instance of the ten that are recorded of them yielding to the unbelief that uh, eventually robbed them of them being able to live in the promised land. And this first one was when just days after coming out of Egypt, Pharaoh and his host came after them. And when they saw him in verse 10, uh, Pharaoh drew near and the children of Israel lifted up their eyes. They were sore afraid. And in verse 11, uh, they said, because there were no graves in Egypt, you've taken us away to die in the wilderness. Why have you dealt thus with us? 
to carry us forth out of Egypt. Is not this the word that we did tell you in Egypt, saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? It had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. This is the language of evil unbelief. And a lot of people wouldn't even notice it. They'd say, well, it's just, it's the situation we're in. I'm just making an observation. No, no, you're failing a test big time. Big time. This unthankfulness, you know, one of the things you see about unbelief, and I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but unbelief blames others instead of taking responsibility. You know, who made you leave Egypt if you're in this bunch? You know, if you'd have really wanted to stay, you could have probably stayed. Are y'all listening? Uh-uh. Nobody was talking like this when the Egyptians were loading them down with jewelry and money and clothes. Is that right? And when they were marching out of there with a high hand and, and high head, free people now. Yeah, nobody's talking like that. See, this is being dishonest. You need to take responsibility for your own choices and your own actions. Right? You need to say, well, we knew this was an adventure. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, when we, uh, we grabbed our little stuff and we marched out of there. We knew this is, a, this is a trail we've never gone before. Who said exactly how it's all going to turn out? God told us about the promised land. And that's when you've got to go back to what he told you and remind yourself and begin to confess and declare that's what's going to happen. No matter how dangerous it looks and how impossible it seems, how could I ever get from where I am to there? Well, he knows. And if he said uh, that that's what he has for me, then I will get there, whatever it takes, by his grace and help. But they blamed Moses. And because of that disrespect that they never got free from, they ultimately forfeited the benefits and blessings God had already prepared for. Now, that's not an isolated instance. or It's always been that way. And it will always be that way. In Samuel, you know, the Lord said, them that honor me, I will honor. Those that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. You will be treated the way you treat him. If you got no time for him, you got no respect for him, then you don't have time for his plan and miracles to happen in your life. Go with me, if you would, to the book of Mark, and you'll see that this very same thing happened centuries later in the ministry of Jesus. In Mark, the sixth chapter, Mark chapter six, verse one, Jesus went out from there and he came to his own country. This is where he grew up and his disciples follow him. Just a few verses later, this little girl is raised from the dead. A few verses from that, you know, the woman with the issue of blood is healed. And a few verses before that, uh, demoniacs delivered. The madman of Gadara. Miracles are happening. Can you see this, class? 
And so now, on the heels of that, he goes back to his old stomping grounds, you might say, is where, he, where he grew up. And his disciples are with him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. You could say this would be like his home church. And he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished and saying, From whence has this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him? Even such mighty works are wrought by his hands. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joses, Judah, and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. They knew him. They knew his family. They saw him growing up around there. And so he's talking about the anointing. And he's talking about miracles. And he's talking about fulfillment of scripture and, and prophecy. And, and a bunch of them were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> he's saying he's the fulfillment of scripture. He's saying he's anointed. That's Mary's boy. We know you. Who do you think you are? And they were offended at him. And I want you to notice how this impacted his ministry. Are we still talking about unbelief? We are. Notice the very next phrase. It says, verse 4 rather, Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own kin, and in his own house. Is he talking about a lack of respect? Yes, he is. Why? Notice the very next verse. Verse 5, And he could there do no mighty work, save he laid his hands upon a few sick folk, and healed them. And he marveled because of what? There, the same stuff we've been talking about all this time. Now here's something a lot of people won't even accept, church-going people. Jesus couldn't, didn't say he wouldn't, couldn't do mighty miracles in his own hometown because of unbelief, which was evidenced by, with, by disrespect. No, no, no honor. Now, if unbelief restricted the ministry of Jesus on the earth, is it not going to restrict any of his ministers today? Certainly. That's never changed. See, that's exactly what happened to them all those centuries before. Back there in, in the transit, supposed, supposed to have been to Canaan's land, they did this with Moses. And it got worse. We're going to see as we see the, you know, the second episode and the third and the fourth through the tenth. It got worse and worse. Them berating Moses and, and Aaron and how disrespectful and dishonoring they were to them. And, you know, eventually at one point, uh, Dathan, Coran, and Abiram, they, they gathered a, a rebellion of 250 renowned individuals in the camp and they all got together and basically they said, Moses and Aaron, who do you think you are? Who put you in charge? We all hear from God. 
And that's when the ground opened up <laughs> and swallowed them. And basically God said, that's what I think about that. Now we live in a world that has lost ground in the areas of showing respect in this generation and the previous generation. And sadly, it's been going the wrong way quickly. But you and I are in the world, but not of it. And we don't have to be conformed to this unbelieving, ungodly, disrespectful world. Make up your mind, I'm going to show respect. Is that right? I'm, I'm going to give honor to whom honor is due. To God, to His Word, to His church, to His ministers, to His things, to His people. I'm going to watch my mouth. It's so easy to get contaminated with all the loose talk and all the, the you can be too casual in talking about some things. It's okay to have fun. God's a fun God. But there comes a time when you, you, you need to, uh, to make a little adjustment and go, okay, it's time for God to move. It's time to, for His Word to come out and let's show some respect. Right? Not lock up, but show honor. And oh, what the Lord say? Those that honor me, I'm going to honor. And man, one of the big ways He honors us is with His presence. Hallelujah. By showing up, by manifesting, by doing things, by confirming the word that is preached. I know my, my father in the faith, Kenneth Hagin Sr., who's in heaven now, uh, the last part of his ministry, he talked about this a lot. And he would tell us, he would say, the, the greater honor and reverence and respect we show, the greater the manifestation of God will be. And we saw it. I'm not talking about getting scared and, and stiff and afraid to say anything. No, that's, that's not honor and respect. That's fear. We've already been talking about that, right? We're getting delivered from fear. But honor has to do with valuing something, treating it as special, treating it as important, treating it as precious and valuable. And you'll find the more you do that, immediately, the more the presence of God will manifest. Hallelujah. Why? The, you're honoring Him. What's going to happen? He's going to honor you. And in His own hometown, basically, big parts of Jesus' ministry was shut down. Now, a lot of people don't even want to believe that, but did I read it or not? Is it right here? Matthew says the same thing. And you'll find Jesus referred to this more than once. He, he said, uh, a prophet's not without honor except in his own town, among his own country, his, his own kin, his own house. What are we talking? We just got through talking in the previous verses. They've seen demoniacs delivered. They've seen people healed of all kinds of diseases. They've seen the dead raised. Right before they got here. And now what? No mighty works. The implication is a few people with minor ailments receive, but nothing you'd call a sign and a wonder that stood out and got everybody's attention. None. Why? 
Because the Lord decided not to do it? No. He said he couldn't. Couldn't do it. What was the problem? Keep reading. Verse 5. Let me read verse 4 as well. Jesus said, a prophet's not without honor. But in his own country, in his own kin, his own house. Now let's see, back up a little bit before we read the rest of that. See if you, if you notice a tone. Where did this guy get these things? Why does he think he's got so much wisdom? The mighty works wrought by his. This is the carpenter. This is Mary's boy. We know his brothers. They're right here. James, Joseph, Judas, Simon, his sisters. Have you heard that tone before? Huh? Why'd you bring us out here to die? Didn't we tell you to leave us alone? It would have been better to to serve the Egyptians than to die out here. Disrespect is a big marker of evil unbelief. And it is a thief. Isn't it amazing that even in the ministry of Jesus, who's anointed with the Spirit without measure, in his own hometown, they were robbed of the meetings they could have had. They were robbed of the healings the deliverances they could have had. They were robbed. I've been in the ministry now over 40 years, and I, and I see this. It's getting clearer the further I go. There are places that, you know, I, I travel as well as minister in the church, and there's places I've gone to. Not many, thank God, but there's places I've been there for days and never could get out what I felt like the Lord was giving us and didn't, didn't get to it, could, didn't see it, and, and you, it's, it's directly connected to, uh, yeah, you know, we, we've seen the best, who are you, uh, you know, show us what you can do, and that challenge kind of thing, and that looseness, and just that lack of respect, and that's when, that's when you're not going to see things. Oh, but there's other places where people have such a respect for the Lord and if they have that, and you're his servant, it's going to transfer to you. They're going to show respect to you. And that's what the, that's what the master said. In fact, go back, uh, hold your place in Mark, actually. But go back to Matthew 10, Matthew 10 and verse 40, and see how he described this. Matthew 10 and 40 said, He that receives you, now they, these are the ones that Jesus sent the disciples, the apostles, he sent them. He that receives you receives me. And he that receives me receives him that sent me. God's really big on delegation. And how you treat his messengers, he takes personally. Like you did it or didn't do it to him. And he went on to say, he that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet, will receive a prophet's reward. Did they receive Jesus as a prophet, as an anointed one of God? No. So did they receive the reward of the ministry, the results of the ministry? No. This is so important. You'll hear people, even preachers, preach to the, the end, indicate that, you know, Jesus is God. And he was and is. But they're implying he's operating as God in the earth. And he didn't. 
He operated as a man, anointed with the Spirit. And they're implying he can do anything he wants to do, anywhere, anytime. Why? Because he's God. He is God, but just leaving the wrong imp- impression. Can you read? Mark 6, <laughs> 5 and 6. What did it say? He could there do no mighty work. What did we say? He couldn't do it. It was, well, there's nothing God can't do. That's true. Well, Jesus is God. That's true. Then there's nothing he couldn't do. No, he said he couldn't do it. <laughs> Why? Because he's operating as a man. And on other occasions, if you read in John's gospel account, Jesus said in chapters 6 and 8 and different places, he said, I can of my own self do nothing. Did he say that? Yes. Well, if he's functioning as God, that can't be true. But if he really did, like Philippians talks about in other places, if he emptied himself of his mighty weight and power and glory, if he laid it aside and became and functioned like other men, and that's what the Bible said, he didn't cease to be who he is, but he did lay it aside. How could you do that? Well, he's God, okay? <laughs> he, he did, if he said he did it, he did it. But he was restricted and limited. If people didn't believe in him, if they didn't show respect, if they didn't believe what he preached and taught, then they didn't see the results of his anointing and his ministry in their life. Didn't mean it wasn't there. He'd go to the next place and they believed him and they expected it and they got it. But not there. Not there. So when people are saying, well, I've never seen anything. Well, you're just telling off on yourself. (laughs) <laughs> can you see that well, I've never had any miracles you believe in that I don't believe in all that stuff well there you go there you go these signs follow those who believe and just like unbelief is, is exhibited by fear and disrespect faith is exhibited by honor and respect. I mentioned, you know, that I've been to a few places and, man, you could just tell it was just just like your hands were tied. But I've been to some other places too. And boy, you could tell they, uh, the people are so appreciative that you come and they are so respectful and you start to say something and they, man, they'll, they'll be quiet and just watch and listen. And I mean in places like that, revelation will just come. I'm telling you, next thing you know, people are getting healed. (laughs) Things are going on. People are getting answers. People are getting direction. Is that a coincidence or just an unknowable ministry? No, it's exactly what the Lord told us. You don't respect him, you're not going to receive. You mock the things of God. You find fault and blame others for lack of results. You'll be in worse shape next time we see you. Oh, but if you will honor the Lord your God, if you will go, oh, I love God. I love the Word of God. I want to hear the Word of God. I'm going to set everything aside when it comes time to hear the Word of God. I'm going to show respect for the ministers of God. I want them rested. I want them well fed and well taken care of and well dressed. And I want them ready to do God's business. Is that right? And I want the churches well supplied, 
good buildings and good things. I want every see all that's about honoring God. And when you go, oh, I don't care about all that. Well, you don't care about God. And people think that ain't the case, but it is the case. If you care about God, you care about his word, you care about his spirit, you care about his people, you care about his ministries, you care about his church, you care about his things. And when you honor him and his things, what happens next? What happens next? God shows up. Hallelujah. And honors you. Oh, by speaking to you and by confirming his word with signs following. Hallelujah. Doing things that human beings can't do. And the more, when it happens, give him all the glory. Give him all the praise and show him some more honor. And guess what? You're about to see some more. It's just a cycle that just keeps going. More honor, more manifestations. More reverence. Greater presence. Did you hear that? More reverence, greater manifestation of the presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've seen some outstanding indicators, and this is getting in you. How many think this is going to stay with you for the rest of your life? That you are you're you're getting this and you're not going to let it go. Said out loud, Father God, open my eyes, my heart and my mind. Reveal to me the honor of God. How to honor you and show honor and trust to you, your word, your spirit, your ministers, your church, your people. And I thank you in advance for honoring us with your presence with your goodness, with your miracles. Thank you for it. Hallelujah. Thank you for it. Thank you for it. Thank you for it. Well, our time's up again, but come back next time. We're going to learn more. We're going to learn all these indicators, and we're going to stay completely unbelief-free. We'll see you next time here in Faith School. I've enjoyed being with you again this week here in Faith School. At the end of the week, I always like to pray and speak over our partners. I know many of you are hooked with us both in faith and in finance. We're talking today about honoring God, and faith always honors Him. The Scripture said, Honor the Lord with your substance and the first fruits of your increase. Your barns will be filled with plenty. Your presses will burst out with new wine. When you get paid, let the first thing you do be to honor God with the tithe and the increase in your church and ministries, things like that. Put him first, and then as you honor him, what did he say? I'll honor you. You will see you take care of his things, and God will take care of your things. Say it out loud with me, Lord, I choose to honor you, to put you first in my finances, first in the material things of life, and I thank you that as I seek first your kingdom, all these things will be added to me. We bless you. We speak increase over your affairs, over your monies, over your business, over your home, your marriage, your children, your grandchildren. I say be increased, be blessed 
be enlarged, be empowered in Jesus' name. Your part and my part is to honor Him and watch when you do how He honors you. We'll see you soon back here in Faith School. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.